Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in everybody. Episode 31 of the podcast that is sweeping the nation. That's right, it's One Man's Opinion right here on iTunes, Google Play, tuned in. Stitcher, wherever your favorite podcasts are found, Spotify. Folks, we got a big show planned for you today. Uh, debating uh, what to do with this podcast over the you know during the season. Like, what are we doing? Still want to do it. Obviously, this is the second hour of the Thursday Sirius XM show. More on that in just a minute. But I figured out I want to do both. I want to do a recap of last week and a preview of the coming week. And I think I want to do that all season long. If you guys have problems with that, or if you want me to change some of the structure, if there's other topics you'd like me to tackle, by all means, hit me up. By the way, I am Jeff Manns. You can find me at fantasyguru.com, the fantasy football 2020 NFL full season product available. We just lowered the prices since now the draft season's over. But if you still want to spend the season with us, for projections or rankings and live draft advice and podcasts and previews and waivers and trades and everything else in between roster coaching. We actually will help you individually one-on-one with your roster, who you should keep, who you should cut, who are you moving around, different trades you may be able to make. All of that, we've got it both in our analysts that will help you and also the My Guru tool, which you just plug in your lineup, it'll tell you the best moves for you to make. So all that over at fantasyguru.com, elitesportsbetting.com. That is where all of my 2020 NFL season bets are made. Props, I made future bets. We will do against the spread, all that. Last week, me and Ted Schuster, we do a five-team parlay every single week. We broadcast it live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Ted and I combined for a nine and one. That's right, 10 bets. Nine and one. The only bet we lost last week was the fucking Indianapolis Colts. Can you believe that? The Indianapolis Colts losing the Jaguars, my shortest bet of the week. And that's the one that didn't win. But we'll take 90% any single time, 80% for me since I was four and one technically but uh, I've got Thursday night bets up there I've got some prop bets up there I'm ready to go with my super contest bets over there elitesportsbetting.com and last but certainly not least elitefantasy.com elitefantasy.com is where to go to find all your daily fantasy football and other sports NBA baseball MMA NASCAR PGA all your information there at EliteFantasy.com, and I bring EliteFantasy.com to the party last for a very specific reason, because I want to start the show off talking about what we did over at EliteFantasy.com over this over week one. By the way, follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, M-A-N-S, the Jeff Mans, on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. So this episode's called Will Winning Millions. And that is what we did in week number one. That's right, EliteFantasy.com. Subscribers won over a million dollars documented 
in week number one in daily fantasy football. And then, lo and behold, that happens on Sunday and Monday. And then on Tuesday night, our very own Brian Healy from Elite Fantasy, he wins $100,000 more himself uh, doing daily fantasy baseball over there. So I want to give some shout-outs to begin the program. A couple of our subscribers over there, uh, Brian Thomason, he joined me on the SiriusXM radio show. He won $409,987 this past weekend at Daily Fantasy Football. Uh, a guy by the name of Joseph Brandy brought home $309,500. I mean, those guys are 700 $719,000 combined just with them. We had three more people bring home over $100,000 in daily fantasy football last week. That's a million dollars right there, folks, just in the big wins. Oh, by the way, we had five people bring home $50,000 plus, between fifty dollars and $100,000 plus last week in daily fantasy football alone. I've been doing this for 15 years. Daily fantasy sports have been around for about, let's call it 10 at the very least. It's really about 12, but 10 in in real terms in the modern day form at least. And in 10 years of doing this, I've never seen domination like in week one. Never seen it. Honest to God, I've had big days. I've won my share well over – well, you know, seven figures at this point, uh, you know, three, $250,000 live final in 2016, $200,000 live final in 2015, many GPP wins of twenty dollars to $50,000 myself. Uh, those are my only wins of over 100000 but, you know, tons of cash games and other wins there too. So I've never seen a, just a full run of domination like we did in week one. And I went through every single game with you guys on this podcast last week, and we fucking nailed it. I mean, we just nailed it. Outside of Indianapolis and Jacksonville, like that, I'll take that one. That was a loss. I can't believe that Jacksonville won the game. I can't believe Indianapolis' defense looked so bad. can't believe Marlon Mack tore his Achilles and is now out for the season. I uh, can't believe how bad the Indianapolis Colts offensive line played as well. That is a clear indication this was a team that thought they were going to walk all over Jacksonville and just simply couldn't, didn't have the manpower to do it. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. But I'm just so proud of our Elite Mafia subscribers. Uh, I'm proud of our analysts over there at the site as well. Uh, the best group we've had in our four years uh, of being together, you know, we've had a lot of big wins. A lot of st- our staff members have won. Um, millions of dollars in the past in a single weekend and single day in daily fantasy and multiple sports. We've had that happen, but we've never seen the subscribers win to this level. Like this was just a change and a difference. And it's really been building for a while. And now we just completely and utterly dominated. And not only that, we dominated over on superdraft.io, which by the way, hopefully you guys are all going there using the promo code elite and uh, playing on super draft. I play most of my cash games now on super draft. 
And it was tough this week because we did so well. And so many of our subscribers are over there playing as well. So it was the scores were pretty high on Superdraft this past week. But we also noticed one thing, no lineup trains. A lineup train is when multiple people enter the exact – they share their same lineup. They play the same lineup, and then they run, you know, 30 or 40 people run the same thing. That is, has become a major problem on FanDuel and DraftKings over the last couple of years. And it got so bad last year that real late in the season, around week 13 or 14, I had to start taking a lot of my play off of my previously preferred site, FanDuel, and move it. And when I was looking around at all the different smaller DFS sites to use, the company that stood out to me was Superdraft. So we started playing there, and I've, I'm hooked. I love it. I love the multiplier format. I think it's really a lot of fun, and it's great strategy not having to use the salary cap. You know, salary cap has been used for 10 years, and it's old, and it's, you know, it's fine. It's not wrong with it. It's the standard way to play daily fantasy. But this multiplier version that they have, over on Superdraft is, is a whole nother level because you can play literally any player you want. If you want to use Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas, obviously not this week, but you can do that. It's just a matter of you don't get a high multiple on them. So it pays for those who know the lesser known players or that want to play the higher end players. You're both rewarded because you could use the, the randoms, if you will. Well, last week, Cam Newton was a random. He was two times his salary. He goes for 25 points. That He, he almost scored 50 points in that format over in Superdraft. So it's a lot of fun. People caught on real quickly to it. And, uh, by the way, our we also had one of our subscribers take home the $15,000, Matt Keener. Shout out to Matt Keener, who won the top prize over at Superdraft. That was the uh, $15,000 top prize in their guaranteed prize pool contest so boy a lot a lot a lot of winning i'm so proud of everybody out there if you want hit me up at jeff underscore man's love to shout you out love to have you on the radio uh we had several of our winners on this week as many as we could fit uh, you know it's it's crazy i have vowed that the winner of the highest point total Every week over on Superdraft will join me on the Sirius XM Elite Sports Show, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern, Sirius 210 XM 87. So uh, if you're the top point scorer, you get to join me for a segment and talk some football or whatever you want. Want to talk cooking? Go ahead. Cars? I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. It's your segment. So it was a great week. We started out well. Uh, the, the positives from last week, Obviously, we identified the Minnesota Vikings defense as being shitty. And Aaron Rodgers, Devonta Adams absolutely lit them up. That was – we had them at real low ownership. Adams was 30%, so that's not low, but Aaron Rodgers was under 10%. Nobody seemed to believe in him. Evidently, they thought Adams was just going to throw the ball to himself. He did not. We were on Cam Newton in just about every contest, and uh, he's going to be dangerous. Cam Newton with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels is dangerous because now all of a sudden we saw a couple instances. He's getting calls by the referees. You know, they're calling late hits. They never used to call late hits on Cam. 
you know, he's a, they've designed an offense. They ran 15 times with him this past week. They're going to run by the goal line because he's such a force. So, I mean, it, this is just a tremendous fit. And uh, obviously we're way ahead of the curve on that one. Um, the other great calls, you know, guys like uh, uh, Calvin Ridley, we were super high on. It doesn't take very much, obviously. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins as well. We didn't have him in, in our cash game lineup, but, um, you know, still very solid. Jack Doyle was a mini disappointment for us last week. He still scored what, eight and a half points. So almost hit the number that we're looking for. But with everybody else, Josh Jacobs, the three touchdown performance was huge. Aaron Jones got in the end zone uh, this past week as well. So uh, that was a great call that we had. I mean, it, it just was – it was great. The Washington defense, the Washington potatoes, as we call them, they showed up, beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Told you that game made me nervous, Eagles fans. Told you. And now that defense is legit with uh, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio coaching them up. They're going to be a force, and they're going to be a tough one to deal with. So the Washington Potatoes, they were minimum salary, minimum price in, uh, across uh, DFS. You don't play defenses on Superdraft, but on FanDuel and DraftKings, they were the minimum price defense. A lot of our subscribers used them. A lot of our subscribers thrived and did very very well with it so um misses last week always talk obviously we always talk about the ones we missed as well it was mostly indianapolis uh marlon mack he gets injured so that sucks he wasn't doing much before that didn't help matters obviously for us the colts defense didn't do as well as i thought they were going to do uh that disappointed austin eckler wasn't great Still got 80 some 85 yards, but didn't catch any ball. Got one ball all game. That was I'm not worried about that. Later on in the show, by the way, we're gonna play nervous or not. I asked you guys this weekend on my Twitter feed at Jeff underscore mans. I asked all of you if uh you were what players you were nervous about. So I, I'm gonna go through your lists and I will tell you whether you should be nervous about that player or not. I'm not nervous about anybody I drafted in the early rounds. No, nobody. There's not – I'm way I, – I do too much work. I put in too much work to all this. To uh, This is not a guessing game for me. And if you took my advice, you should rest assured that the players I guided you towards, though obviously every single one of them is, is not going to work out. That doesn't ever happen. But know that I put all this work into it so that you don't have to overreact after one bad week. One week doesn't mean shit. It just doesn't mean anything. You know, it, it was a blip. In a seasonal environment, it doesn't mean anything. Even in a daily environment, come back next week. Daily environment, we crushed it. So, But those who are 0-1, I'm 0-1 in like, I think I'm, it was five, and, so five leagues I won, five leagues I lost. I'm in 10 leagues. So I'm overall 5-5 five and five on the season. I'm not worried at all, not even a little bit. Not a tiny bit. And that, you know, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers. Those are my two big investments at the running back spot, two guys that I touted higher than anybody. And obviously right now both look kind of eh. But I'll tell you this, Malcolm Brown has scored five. He scored eight rushing touchdowns in his life. Five of them have come on in week one. 
this guy balls out week one. He did it last year with Todd Gurley there even. It's just it's a weird thing with Malcolm Brown. I'm not worried about that. Not, I'm not at all worried about Cam Akers. He's going to pick up third down work. He's got tremendous hands. I didn't like his first couple runs on Sunday Night Football against the, the Cowboys. I, I thought he left some cutback lanes on the table. But overall, he got much better later. And the, the future is very bright for Cam Akers. And I'm just glad. I mean, you got to take solace in the fact that the Rams, whether it was Malcolm Brown or not, still score touchdowns with the running backs. This team is crazy. If you're investing in Cam Akers, you have the Rams starting running back. It's a tremendous thing. All they do is score touchdowns. Malcolm Brown, Todd Gurley, and it'll trickle down now to Cam Akers. Nick Chubb is a guy who's playing tonight. I'm recording this on Thursday before the Bengals-Browns game. I'm not sure if this uh, podcast will get up before the game. Obviously, I'll make my thoughts clear on it and everything else. I am not doing the game-by-game stuff that I did last week. We have decided to put that over at fantasyguru.com. It's where our subscribers had it last year, and it's my guys, Mike Dempsey and Bob Harris. They are doing that podcast for us over at fantasyguru.com and only at fantasyguru.com. I wanted to make this podcast half and half i want to react to everything that happened the week before and i want to preview everything that's coming up this week in uh in fantasy football as well you know what i mean so i'm pretty pumped up about the direction we're gonna go here um but yeah i mean so oh nick chubb Uh, nick chubb if you're listening to this after the thursday night game and nick chubb didn't perform now i'm going to start being worried i couldn't give less of an f about week one the browns ran for 132 yards against baltimore one of the best defenses in the league and they had over five yards per carry doing it that doesn't worry me that means that's just great they turned the ball over odell beckham played like shit baker mayfield got hot feet Things went against them, but they were going to lose that game no matter what. I had them back in May when I recorded this podcast. I recorded by the Browns. Go back and listen to it. Go back. If you don't believe me, go and listen back to that. I went game by game. I said they're not going to win week one. They're going to get beat down in week one. Week one, you have a healthy Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens team, just got Calais Campbell, that was not going to be a win. So I'm not worried. This week, though, they should win this game. Nick Chubb should have 100 yards rushing. And, you know, if he gets an end zone, that I would say that this is one of those games where I would expect him to get in the end zone. You know, you can't. Touchdowns are not predictable. It's very difficult. But I think the Browns will score a good amount of points here on Thursday night. This offensive line got a scare with Jedrick Wills going down with an injury last week. He missed half the game, but he's been at practice. He's going to start and play. I'm worried about Jack Conklin. As of this recording, Conklin did not practice yesterday and Wednesday, but he's a veteran. He was their big free agent signing. He is mo- Everybody is saying he's going to play. That That's not a concern, but I do want to make sure. If Conklin doesn't play and Wills is banged up again, we have no choice but to have to worry a little bit about the entirety of this Cleveland offense. Not making excuses. It's just a fact. 
if if don't be a don't be an asshole because an asshole thinks that oh the, a running back or a quarterback is just going to suit up and they're going to do great no matter what that doesn't happen doesn't happen for running backs and receivers. For quarterbacks, quarterbacks can make a difference. But quarterbacks also need that offensive line. You can't lose multiple offensive linemen and everything's going to be okay. That doesn't equate. All right, people that don't know football think that. So learn the game, know the game, or just trust me that it matters. If Wills and Conklin are healthy and they're playing tonight and Chubb does shitty, well, now we're going to start worrying a little bit. Now we've got a problem. All right, so we'll see what happens. But I, I fully anticipate this game uh, going Cleveland's way. I think they're going to win the game. I do love the over tonight. Over 43 and a half. Yeah, I'm going to take that. All day, baby, all day. I think Cincinnati will score a little bit on Cleveland's defense too. I liked what I saw with Joe Burrow in, in week number one. I think they did all right. You know, there was a tough matchup against the Chargers. That defense got after him. I think they sacked him eight times for crying out loud. But um, now, Burrow held his own at the very least. Had a chance late to win it. Didn't get it done. But uh, I think Cincinnati will at least keep it relatively close enough to keep the pedal on the metal for the Cleveland Browns. All right, let's look at the injuries from week number one. Huge injury with Michael Thomas. He is now on injured reserve out a minimum of three weeks for the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. What happens there? Somebody asked me today, do I like Drew Brees without any more without Michael Thomas? And I had to remind everybody, yeah, Drew Brees has been very good well before Michael Thomas existed. Drew Brees makes Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas didn't make Drew Brees, you know? So, um, yeah, I still like him. I like him a lot. And I think it just moves up Emmanuel Sanders into wide receiver two territory. Why, Emmanuel Sanders could be a wide receiver one over the next couple of weeks. He's got a tremendous matchup against the Raiders. He used to play in that division, AFC West, so he knows that secondary and those coverages very well. I love Emmanuel Sanders this week. Also look out for Traquan Smith. He, they talked him up in training camp. Sean Payton, like, oh, Drew Brees talking about oh, Traquan's looking great. He's finally starting to to put all put it all together well now he's going to be the starter opposite Emmanuel Sanders now he's going to have a chance to really ascend and prove himself and uh you know the more trust you earn with Drew Brees the better your fantasy production will be so I'm a fan Uh, I like Traquan Smith I think he was definitely one of the best better wide receiver waiver pickups of the week no question about that. Chris Godwin in the concussion protocol. And as we sit here on Thursday, I still got to think he'll clear protocol. But he didn't practice today. And it's a real concern. I don't know. This concussion wasn't diagnosed until Monday, evidently. We didn't hear about it until Tuesday. Those are the worst kind. Because now you have to worry about, you know, it takes, you don't get, a day or one last day to go through the protocol for them to clear you. So Godwin is in a smash spot this week against Carolina. And obviously we love him, but if he's not in, it's the Mike Evans show. And then Scotty Miller would get a bump up right there. Other injury news from around the national football league, AJ Brown didn't have a real good, didn't have a real good, um, 
week number one, came on late in that game. The Tennessee Titans threw an absolute ton, which you got to get used to that not happening most weeks. But, you know, Brown was fine. You know, he got overshadowed by Corey Davis. But he has got a bone bruise on his knee that supposedly it's kept him out of practice this entire week. And now they're talking about it's maybe a multiple-week injury with A.J. Brown. That really sucks because I'll tell you, I like Tannehill, Brown, Corey Davis against Jacksonville this week. I'm going to go right back in in a daily fantasy setting and attack that Jacksonville defense because whether Indy did it or not doesn't change the fact that they suck. doesn't change that fact. We know Derrick Henry always carves up the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know that. That that happened when the Jaguars were good, let alone now. But without A.J. Brown, Corey Davis gets a huge – huge increase there now Corey Davis was banged up this week too but this is his golden opportunity to string together a couple big weeks going over 100 yards last week and uh, no AJ Brown would be massive for Corey Davis's value another guy that needs to be picked up in all fantasy formats still not practicing Kenny Galladay hamstring injury starting to get more nervous on Monday we had good reports on him and even Tuesday, we thought, all right, he's going to be practicing. We'll be back here for week number two. The Lions, uh, a big divisional game against Green Bay. But it's it's not gone that direction for him for whatever reason. If Galladay's out, Marvin Jones didn't really fare well without him last week in a, in a solid matchup against the Bears. But I'd go back to Marvin Jones. Still a low-end wide receiver, too, for me in this matchup if Kenny Galladay can't go. Otherwise, I think Marvin Jones, a low-end low end wide receiver, three. Otherwise, a flex play as well if Galladay were able to go. Good news out of Cortland Sutton, at least trending. I still am nervous about him, but he's playing. He's practicing in a limited fashion. For the Denver Broncos wide receiver, it's a real tough matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But with Sutton and Judy out there and K.J. Hamler back, you finally get the full throttle of this Broncos offense, and you're able to spread these Pittsburgh Steelers defenders out a little bit as well. So Cortland Sutton's going to be badly needed. It's not a great spot, not a great matchup for him or Jerry Judy, but uh, – trending in the right direction and guy I thought was going to miss several weeks Devontae Parker's back at practice he's ready to go for the Miami Dolphins he left that game rather early a week ago but uh, Parker back likely will be on the field for their game against Buffalo this week as well so um, that's good news out of him Brandon Ayuk rookie out of Arizona State coming back for the San Francisco 49ers 49ers lost tough loss to the Cardinals last week they're in a real good spot against the lowly New York football Jets, who, by the way, placed Le'Veon Bell on injured reserve. Frank Gore is the guy that will be the starting running back there. Do I want? Do I have any interest in Frank Gore? No. No, I think this is a horrific matchup. They picked up Kalen Balaj. I don't want anything to do with the Jets running backs. I understand any port in a storm for the running back. If you got Frank Gore for a couple bucks, fine. That Then it's great. Any kind of depth you can get, great. But I'm not spending significant money on waivers for him, and I hope you didn't either. I'm, I have no 
thoughts on that. The Jets schedule is brutal. Um, just it's a hard no for me for Bell or Frank Gore, whoever's in there. Bell out a minimum of three weeks uh, as well. Um, Golden Tate back. He didn't play on Monday Night Football. Said he could have gone, but not. They're traveling to Chicago to face the Bears. And kind of, you know, Golden Tate sitting was pretty good for our guy Darius Slayton last week, Holtland, and a couple touchdowns, one of which in major garbage time. But, um, you know, Tate coming back will spread out the targets a little bit more there. It still does seem Daniel Jones prefers Darius Slayton to either Tate or Sterling Shepard. Uh, James Conner, that's the other big one. He's actually practicing today. That was one of the weirdest scenes of week two, wasn't it? There was no real injury to Conner's ankle. And when's the last time you saw an injured running back running in place on the sidelines during the fucking game? That doesn't happen. It never, that doesn't happen. I don't, something was weird about that situation with James Conner, right? There was just something weird. And I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but he came back to practice and was a full participant on Thursday in practice with the ankle injury. So you could tell he didn't like watching Benny Snell ring it up. He didn't. And Benny Snell, they say, oh, he may have earned a spot and all that. I don't think he did. I like Benny Snell. I've loved him. But uh, he was at Kentucky, I think, the running back. I loved him at school. I, he can catch the football, although the Steelers won't use him in that capacity. Connor's still the bell cow. They announced it before the season. I stand by it. The bigger concern when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, now nah, Juju Smith-Schuster's knee is going to be okay. It's Zach Banner. Losing Zach Banner, um, and they've lost, that's their right tackle. They've also um, lost Demir Dotson, or I'm sorry, David DeCastro, who had uh, a, a knee surgery as well. So, I mean, without DeCastro and Banner, you're looking at Kevin Dotson and uh, Chimuka Okafor playing on that right side of the offense line. That's not good. It's really not good. Steelers, remember, they used to have Marcus Gilbert at their right tackle. They lost him to free agency last year, and their offense took a step back. Everyone blames it only on not having Roethlisberger. Well, that was a big part. Their offensive line also didn't play very well. So um, I I would be very concerned about that as well. Uh, Other injuries, Deontay Johnson, that's good news. He's back practicing full, should be good to go as will Juju Smith-Schuster for the Pittsburgh Steelers. George Kittle, that's another one. Kittle, we saw that sad. There's a benefit of watching the game. I wrote it up over at fantasyguru.com and t- in my recap article, and I said, we, we worry about George Kittle. He had a hyperextended knee. It looked absolutely dreadful. Looked like he, he might have suffered a complete knee wipeout. Came back in the game after the game said everything was good and he's happy and he never felt better. Remember that? Well, he hasn't practiced all week. He's not going to practice all week. They are seriously concerned about that knee. That may keep him out a couple of weeks. My uh, good buddy, Ted Schuster, you heard him on the podcast several times already, uh, co-host at uh, Sirius XM, and he does the uh, guru stuff, fantasy guru, and he leads fantasy stuff with me. Ted has 
big Iowa Hawkeye fan. He's watched George Kittle a ton in college and said this Ted predicted early in the week. He's like, Kittle's not going to play for weeks. He's not going to play this week. He has seen this before and he was hell bent on it. And Ted doesn't get hell bent on many things, but he's seemingly looking right here. Jordan Reed would be an absolute must pick up and start this week for the uh, San Francisco 49ers against the Jets, if indeed uh, George Kittle can't go. And don't sleep on Ross Dwelly either. Dwelly came in last year when George Kittle missed the time, caught two touchdowns late in the season. So um, be aware of that. Jordan Reed has got the terrible concussion history, so we know it's not a super setup with uh, him. It's not a long-term replacement there either dwelly would probably be that guy but uh there you go those are the biggest injuries from across nfl over week one that's a prognosis for week number two uh, what else do we got some stardom sitems look at my rankings over there at fantasyguru.com a couple of players uh i like to do a little stardom sitem every week for you guys here on the podcast players that i am valuing over certain other players, um, I'm just going to call those the starts, right? If they're if you're in the top 12 of fantasy uh, of my rankings of quarterback, you're a starter. Top 24 at running back, you're a starter. Top 36 of wide receiver, you're a starter. Top 12 of tight end, you're a starter. So when I say start, that's what I mean there. And you know, we take some chances, and uh, I don't say t- chances, they're I think it's just the way it is. I think we just separate ourselves from the rest of the industry. It's why we win the millions of dollars like we did this past week in Daily Fantasy. We don't – you're not getting the same opinions here as the rest of the world. Okay, so we're talking about our rankings. They're not going to be like you see for free everywhere and all that shit. Like that's – no, we're actually – putting our chest out, showing our peacock feathers and uh, telling you how it's going to be. And, uh, and that's that. A couple players to start this week for sure. Tom Brady, terrible week last week. You had the rushing touchdown that kind of saved him. But at home against Carolina, second game with Tampa Bay, totally fine. He's, he's a must start if you got him. Naheem Hines is a must start. Love Naheem Hines. If you got him on waivers, he would have been our number one waiver pickup this week. He was our number one waiver pickup this week, but uh, I'm telling you this on Thursday, so looks kind of, you know, it's documented on Fancy Guru. Phillip Rivers is a checkdown machine. Naheem Hines fits that role very fast. Don't forget, he's a 4-3-40 guy. He's one of the faster running backs coming in the, into the NFL three years ago and had some big catch uh, weeks games back with Andrew Luck his for his rookie year so um he fits what Philip Rivers does in the dump off passes he's a must start this week Emmanuel Sanders is a must start Marquise Hollywood Brown is a must start uh, Hayden Hurst is a must start this week I, I told you guys last week with Hayden Hurst he was going to be shitty because of Jamal Adams and Condre Diggs the safety duo for the Seattle Seahawks they're going to give tight ends fits but Hayden Hurst, all those targets and all the yards and catches you saw go to Russell Gage last week, be careful because a good amount of them are going to go to Hurst this, this week, starting this week. Janu Smith, another guy I have as a uh, stardom 
for week number to the Benchams, guys who are outside of the starting range here for week number two. Carson Wentz, I don't like anything about Carson Wentz. Want to go deep all the time against a defense with a massive pass rush? Terrible. I don't like the game plan. I don't like the strategy. The offensive line is in absolute disarray. Losing Lane Johnson. When they lost Lane Johnson, I was nervous. They lost Brandon Brooks this offseason to injury. They lost Vitae, the guy who's been saving them every time Jason Peters went down. They re-signed Jason Peters, tell him to play right guard. Then they lose Andre Dillard, their left tackle, move Peters back out to left tackle, which you know he can't play anymore, and he's going to get hurt again like he always does. They have no right guard. Then you lose right tackle Lane Johnson. This Eagles offense is in misery. And Carson Wentz is a clear not top 12 player at the position right now. Clearly not a top 12 guy. All right, so he, he, you're, we're benching him. The Rams, it's not the worst matchup in the world for the Eagles at home, but you got Aaron Donald to contend with, and you got Jalen Ramsey closing off half the field. That is just no bueno. So we're sitting Carson Wentz. I'm sitting James Robinson. Everyone rushing to Jay- – no, we're not starting him against the Titans. No, thank you. Not starting Frank Gore. I've already mentioned that. Sammy Watkins, thanks for your contributions in week one. We know this routine. Sammy Watkins, he's the Malcolm Brown of receivers. He balls out in the first week of the season and then absolutely, you know, completely goes away the rest of the year. Terry McLaurin, I'm sitting him down. He's got the shadow of Patrick Peterson. I was very impressed with this Arizona Cardinals defense against the 49ers in week one. Uh, Byron Murphy flying around. I loved him at Washington. Uh, Him and Taylor Rapp of the Rams. These guys were a very, very good duo for that secondary in college football two years ago. Had ups and downs last year, but looks like he made great, great strides um, in coverage, specifically uh, this past week. They got after the quarterback, too. And you got Isaiah Simmons that's stopping the tight end bleeding. You got Peterson on that side. Buda Baker has been just a baller. Got a big, fat contract. He was flying all over the field. A a tackle monster at the safety position. This Arizona team may be a playoff team. I said it before the season that they were one of my fringe teams to watch out for. But after one week... That offense we know is going to ball. The defense a lot better. So I'm sitting Terry McLaurin on that. I'm sitting Anthony Miller of the Bears. I know it was a good first week. Don't chase those points. Sitting Rob Gronkowski, of course. Shouldn't even consider him. Shouldn't even be in a roster. And then TJ Hawkinson. Good week one. Again, he's the tight end version of Malcolm Brown and Sammy Watkins. Uh, another guy who balled the hell out last week. But uh, and his first game as a rookie against Arizona in 2019. And he'll come back down to earth this week as uh, Detroit travels to take on the Green Bay Packers. So those are some of my stardom and sit for this week. My full rankings can be found over at fantasyguru.com. I updated all. It's all set for the Thursday night game today. Then I wait for all the official injury designations on Friday. I'm not going to adjust anything on Friday until we know the full landscape. Then overnight Friday, I update. I run all my projections. 
I run, I re-rank every single solitary player across fantasy football. Cause at that point, that's when, you know, and that's a good lesson for all of you out there. So many questions on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday about who to start and sit. The fact is you don't know. I'll answer your questions, but I'm, I used to think I was being a nice guy by answering your questions on like Tuesday for the following week, because I'm ready to go. I mean, I'm, I've run my preliminary stuff, but, it's really not good advice because it all changes. Michael Thomas is likely to play as of Tuesday, and then he gets put on IR. And, you know, um, Galladay was looking good, and, he, and Godwin didn't even have his concussion. Like, all this shit, Kittle, like, man, all these injuries, they, everything changes. James Conner is looking like he's out two to three weeks. He's back fully practicing. That's just different. You know, that's just odd. So be careful. I'm all about giving you guys the info you need earlier in the week, but I'm hoping you guys aren't setting anything and forgetting it. Don't just set your lineup on a Wednesday or a Tuesday and think, oh, I'm going to be good. You need to set your lineup fucking Saturday night late, early Sunday morning, right after the official. You should be setting it Sunday morning, 90 minutes before game time, I'm live on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio with Bob Harris. We do the pregame show 90 minutes before then. You get all the inactives. Set your lineup then. If you're doing anything else before that, you are taking just an irrational types of risk. Just a rational risk, in my opinion. So um, do that at your own at your own peril, everybody. But uh, I, I I certainly cannot endorse that whatsoever. Um, what else do we got? So those are the rankings over there. Let's, uh, let's get to nervous or not, everybody. Am I nervous? Am I not? Remember, I'm a veteran. You listen to this show. You download this podcast. I've been around 31 years of playing fantasy football, 15 years. Can you name me any other fantasy analysts that have been around for 15 years? before there was even a real industry when i came into this industry it was basically just a couple mom and pop shops we had like like but the only companies still going like rotowire only ones that still exist from those days you know there were a couple other ones they all went out of business roto world that's another one that's it though and i've been doing this a long time i've been in national radio for going on 11 years now 11 seasons that's it's a long time you don't you're not able to stick around if you're overreacting. Reacting. I've done holdouts and now COVID and all this other shit. You can trust what I say. I'm going to be around tomorrow, the next day, the next day, and the next day. All right? So here's some players. You guys listed uh, at Jeff underscore man. You asked me, am I worried or not? Or you, you said you were nervous about. I'm going to say whether I'm nervous or not. First one up, Hayden Hurst, worried he just may suck. Well, he was a first-round pick, got passed by Mark Andrews in a very tight end-friendly system. So I think it's reasonable to kind of worry that he may suck, but he, he doesn't. He does not suck, and he's very good, and he's in a great spot. So no, not worried. Absolutely not at all. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., well, we'll learn a lot tonight against the Cincinnati Bengals. Odell Beckham's that guy. We all know of one in our real lives. Maybe you work with him. Maybe it's your cousin. Maybe it's your brother. Whatever. 
guy who only he, he just dominates weak competition. Right? It's it's like a, the bully syndrome. When a bully is pushed, when a bully is stood up to, the bully backs down and and you know hides its genitalia on you. You know, gets scared like a like a dog. When a dog's intimidated, he rolls over on his back and puts his tail between his legs. That's what Beckham did against the Baltimore Ravens. He was a giant puss. But against weak competition, he thrives. Making two-hand catches, he sucks. Making one-hand catches, he's great. That's what Odell Beckham is. It's what he's always, always, always been. And thus, I'm not worried about him. I know what he is. I think he'll ball out. The, the, the Browns aren't going to be that. You know, they're not going to be bad. It's, man, everyone's overreacting. They get Cincinnati this week. Then they have Washington next week, which is a tough matchup defensively. It's not an easy matchup at all. Dallas Cowboys, much easier matchup the following week. The Colts is a tougher matchup. Steelers are a tougher matchup. So a couple tough matchups. But then Cincinnati, Raiders, Texans, Eagles, Jaguars, Titans, Giants, Jets. That's that's where we are going to thrive. Those of us who invested in the Cleveland Browns are going to fucking clean up. Once we get to that stretch, it's going to be miss on the Ravens. It's going to be hit on Cincinnati. The Washington game actually bummer um, looked better a couple weeks ago. Obviously I like Washington. It's a tough matchup, but I, th- I think this is one that Cleveland will be okay in sort of neutral. The Cowboys is a plus matchup. The Colts is a neutral matchup. I thought the Colts would be a negative. I had the Colts beating the snot out of the Browns, but after losing the Jacksonville, this may be a better matchup than we thought. So I'll put it in neutral matchup. The Steelers, that's a minus matchup, especially when they travel to Pittsburgh. And then we have the great stretch. Then we have the Bengals plus, Raiders plus, Texans plus, Eagles plus, Jaguars plus, Titans plus. Then we get the Ravens, it's a minus, but then we get the Giants and Jets plus and plus. And then week 17's the Steelers. So they only play one of their games against the Steelers for the fantasy football season. That is what we're talking about. So, no, not worried about Odell Beckham. No, exactly what we're getting into. So that is that. Um, other players, Devontae Parker. Am I worried about Devontae Parker? Never. Uh, no, not worried about him. Well, he's back. He's practicing now. I mean, Miami's offense, fine. I think Parker will be fine. I, I, Parker's not a guy I invested in. I didn't have any shares last year and did fine without him. I didn't have any this year, and I'll be fine without him. So it's totally fine. Nick Chubb, 15 of you asked me about Nick Chubb. Um, No, not at all worried. Not at all. I don't like Kareem Hunt being there. I don't like Kareem Hunt catching balls and being in when they're trailing. But I just went through the schedule with you. I think the Browns play from with a lead majority of the season. And thus, Nick Chubb will thrive in those matchups, be on the field more because they have control of the ball game. So I think, yeah, Nick Chubb's going to be in a great, great spot. I'm not worried about him. A.J. Brown, am I worried about uh, any of that? I didn't invest in A.J. Brown to start the year. And in week one, I was kind of wrong. 
because the reason I used to, to not invest in A.J. Brown is conservative offense that plays really slow. They played at the third highest pace against Denver. Is that something Arthur Smith and company are going to do all year long? Are they going to start spreading it out and playing up tempo? If they do, I don't think they have the horses to do it. They don't have a good offensive line. We, Isaiah Wilson getting arrested, losing Jack Conklin. Taylor Lewan was banged up on that Monday night game. So, um, you know what? Yeah, I am worried. I'll say I'm worried about A.J. Brown. He's got that knee bruise now and may miss this week's game, may miss a couple games. And I think that the offense is going to revert back to its former self and just be your ball control, heavy run, Derrick Henry, that kind of offense. So, yeah, I think there's regressions there. And so I'll say, yeah, I am nervous about that. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I wasn't in on him. And, yes, so, yes, I'm nervous about him. Carson Wentz uh, wasn't in on him either. Yes, I'm very nervous about him, mostly about the offensive line. Wentz will be okay. Right? He, he's, he's in that vicinity, but he's Wentz isn't that much different than Kirk Cousins. But, yeah, he's got such a different fantasy outlook, which stuns me. Or Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo's in a much better situation. So, uh, yeah, I'm nervous about Carson Wentz. A lot of guys I'm nervous about. Oh, Mark Ingram. That's a great one. Good call right there. Fist of greatness asking me that. Um, I am not worried about Mark Ingram. For where he went, what we're going to get out of him, he's going to be a plus. J.K. Dobbins got the two rushing touchdowns. Those will go to Ingram most times. But that game was out of control. Here's something. Here's a little tidbit that, that I did want to share with everybody out there. Before you go freaking out about your fantasy running backs, you need to understand something. A lot of them, including Mark Ingram, did not play a lot of snaps in week number one. When you talk about the percentages of team snaps, only, only one had over 90%. That was McCaffrey at 97%. Three others, so four total, had over 80% only. McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, David Johnson. Only three others had over 70%. Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and Kenyon Drake. Everybody else, the next couple, a couple had over 60%. James Robinson, if you can believe that. Edwards, Hilaire, Austin, Eckler, Alvin Kamara. Every other running back had under 60% of their snap share including the following players all were in the 50% range from 50 to 59%. Melvin Gordon, Malcolm Brown, Raheem Mostert, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Le'Veon Bell, Boston Scott, Aaron Jones, Naheem Hines, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. They were, they had 49 and 47 respectively. Hunt had one more snap than Nick Chubb. Ronald Jones, who played a lot, but only 46% total. Todd Gurley played a lot, got an end zone, only at 45%. Benny Snell only had 45%. Chris Carson balled out, only had 45% of snaps. Zach Moss had a terrific debut, had only 44% of snaps. David Montgomery was healthy. He's the only guy in Chicago. He only had 44%. Peyton Barber played only 41%. DeAndre Swift, 43%. Mark Ingram at 35%. So it's lower. Same amount as Jonathan Taylor had last week. So 
be careful before you write off your fantasy running backs, before you, you think that one week into the season, this is the new norm. The new norm is just, oh, my God, my running back's not going to play at all because somebody else. They are uh, – this is a NFL-wide thing where all NFL coaches have decided they're going to ease in to the 2020 season when it comes to their running backs. Don't know why that is, why it's to this level. I don't really understand it, but it's what they're all doing. There's obviously a memo somewhere that we all missed. So, no, I'm not worried about Mark Ingram. Okay, Dobbins was, is going to be a factor. Gus Edwards was a factor last week, but Mark Ingram will be okay. For where you draft him, he was fine. Um, Cam Akers, no, not worried about him. I talked about him earlier. For where we draft the Cam Akers, it's fine. I love the fact that the Rams continue to score touchdowns with their running backs. Love it, every sense of the word. Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, yeah, I mean, James Conner, all three of these guys, it's all injury concerns. I, I don't want to just say, am I worried about injuries? That's not real good analysis, because I'm not a doctor. I don't know. And the NFL doesn't give a – even doctors, that's a new thing with fantasy analysts. We're trying to, like, everybody has a doctor on staff and a – it's it's okay, but the NFL isn't giving us actual medical information. And doctors are – reason we go to doctors is to give them – if you're one of those people that go to a doctor and lie, like, oh, yeah, doc, how are you feeling? Oh, how are you feeling, Mr. Manns? Oh, yeah, no, I'm feeling great, great. Why are you here? Oh, no reason. I just, just, oh, just get checkups. Do you have any chest pain? No. Not at all, as I'm wincing in pain. Like, what's the point of that? The NFL, though, is not telling us. So, there you go. Antonio Gibson. Um, No, not worried about him. No. He'll come on later. When the, the potatoes are trailing, Gibson will be in the game. When they have a lead, which it was half and half. Gibson played a bunch in the first half. That didn't play in the second half. Peyton Barber came in and played most of the second half. So, I mean, you got to – I still think the Potatoes, even with a great defense, is still going to be a losing team. I think they're going to be in catch-up mode most of the time. I think that lends itself to Antonio Gibson. The entire Eagles offense, uh, yeah, I agree. I don't know what they have. They have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. That's it. There's no other possession receivers there. It's a, it was always a terrible way to build an offense. No protection whatsoever, but yet you have nothing but deep play, guys. Don't forget, Marquise Goodwin sat out this year, opted out. They had him, Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rieger. These are all the same guy. Who's going to be the possession guy? This team needs Alshon Jeffrey back terribly. Nobody wants to admit it. So, yeah, I, I am worried about that. Baker Mayfield, we'll see after tonight's game. I'll tell you emphatically yes or no after that. Um, other Indianapolis Colts defense. Yes, I agree. I said that on the show. As a matter of fact, I am worried about that one. Uh, more for Cam Akers. A lot more for Cam Akers. Joe Mixon. No, I'm not worried about Joe Mixon. I would say we'll see after tonight, but even tonight, like even a bad game out of Chubb and Mixon, neither one's going to worry me. I'll be disappointed if Chubb sucks tonight, but I'm not going to be that freaked out. Uh, Matt Breida, yes. Yeah, I didn't like him playing behind Gaskins and Laird. That won't happen, though. No, I'm not going to say no. I'm not worried about Matt Breida. No, I'm not worried. I didn't like what I saw. 
I didn't like the fact that he was the fourth running back out on the field, but that's not going to happen. That's a misnomer. It was a week one scenario. I think that changes this week against the Buffalo Bills. I really do. So there you go. Um, other players you're worried about here, Cortland Sutton. Again, that's an injury kind of concern. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, yes. Uh, they never use tight ends in Tampa Bay. O.J. Howard got a touchdown. Good for him. But, uh, yes, I'm worried about Rob Gronkowski for, for absolutely for freaking sure. No no doubts about that. Uh, all right, so those are some of the players, nervous or not. Let's talk about this coming week, week number two. Let me, uh, let me do this. I want to give you guys a survivor, my number one survivor team, and I'll give you a couple of bets for this week. Now, I have a bunch of prop bets. I've got a bunch of against the spread bets. I do my five-team parlay on the radio and on elite sports betting every single day. So get over there. If you win some money on these, get over there and uh, join us in the VIP chat, EliteSportsBetting.com. By the way, if you want to get in on our daily fantasy football stuff or daily fantasy baseball or any of our daily fantasy services or our betting, go use the promo code RADIO20. 20% off. Still have lower prices. We actually considered raising our prices because of how well we did in week one. And then we thought, nah, kind of be a dick move. We didn't want to do that. So, uh, but it's it's on the table. I mean, listen, supply and demand, right? I mean, we're in demand right now, and um, you know everybody wants to get on the train, and I don't blame them. So get on now. But if you use Radio Twenty, you get a discount there as well. So my favorite bets from this for this coming week. Uh, just give you a couple. I can't believe that the Rams are a, a actually getting a point against the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, it's good Lord guys. When you see Vegas betting the shit out of a team, Vegas loves. there's such a Philadelphia Eagle bias. It's in fantasy and it's in Vegas now too. The Rams should walk away with this game. The Rams beat a better Cowboys team last week. Granted, at home, I don't think having going to Philadelphia and having no fans in the stands means a lick of difference. The Rams are a better team, and I think they win the game outright. So getting a point, yeah, I'll take that. 49ers are six and a half points only against the Jets. Jets don't have Le'Veon Bell. Jets' defense sucks. Jets are probably the worst team in the National Football League. I thought Jacksonville wouldn't win a game. I, Jets might not win a game. 49ers only six and a half? Fuck yeah, we're taking that. Absolutely take that. Um, I don't want to give away the farm here. The other game that I really do like, I like the Saints. They're on the road. Drew Brees' home road splits have been well documented. But I don't believe – the Raiders' defense isn't any good. We saw Carolina score pretty much at will against the Raiders. Raiders just scored more in that game in week one. The Saints will be fine. This is a we're, – we're getting – we're only having to give up six points – for the New Orleans Saints as of right now against the Raiders, the first game in Las Vegas, but no fans in the stands. So, you know, is it really going to matter? I don't think so. It's a fast track. It's indoors. I think this fits the New Orleans Saints more than it fits the Raiders. And even without Michael Thomas, I'll take a minus six. They're going to win at least by a touchdown. The Saints are going to win this game by 10 
at least. So those are some of my favorite bets of this coming week. If you're in Survivor Pool, uh, I have Survivor bets posted over EliteSportsBetting.com. I have two entries. I did entry number one and entry number two. Last week, my entry number one was the Buffalo Bills, and I moved on. Entry number two is the Indianapolis Colts, and I lost. So, (laughs) in that spirit, I will uh, give you one of my survivor pool bets here for for this week. And, I mean, you just heard some of the bets that I like the most. I like the teams that are most – likely to use or you should most likely use in survivor the 49ers the titans like a great deal um i'm not going to use the rams it's a good one tampa bay and um who's my other one oh and then new orleans yeah new orleans those are my four teams that i like i don't if you could avoid it in survivor or even in betting try not to do the road teams this year it's not going to matter as much as normal but choosing road favorites not ever a great thing to do try to get a team at home in their own atmosphere if you can i'm not going to do tampa bay because carolina scored a lot last week it was against the raiders i think tampa bay should win this game but i think carolina's offense you know, can go. And one of the things you saw Tom Brady being so upset about last week, he's used to being able to score 24 points, and that's a win. In New England, that's a win, and it's not even close, right? And he's happy, and everybody's thrilled. In Tampa Bay, you're giving up 34 points to the opposition. You know, Tom Brady's going to have to score 35 points a week. He's not ready to do that. So this Tampa Bay team, the defense really let them down last week, and uh, I wouldn't doubt does it again this week. So those two are out for me as well. So I like Buffalo as well on the road against Miami. So San Francisco, really like them. Tennessee, Buffalo, those are my three survivor pool teams. If you want to know who I set on, who I locked into my own survivor pool, head to EliteSportsBetting.com and check it out, everybody. All right, that is going to do it. This episode, number 31, Winning Millions. That's what we do Check us out, EliteFantasy.com, FantasyGuru.com, EliteSportsBetting.com. Follow me at Jeff underscore Mans on Twitter, the Jeff Mans on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Instagram or Instagram and TikTok, I should say. Um, that's about it. If you guys like the format, cool. We'll keep rolling with this. Let me know if you want me to switch anything up, any more information you'd like me to provide. Baby, we got it all day right here on One Man's Opinion. Winning millions. Let's do it again. Any chance we could repeat in week two? Let's fucking do it. That's what I say. All right. That's it for me. We may disagree, ladies and gentlemen. That's okay. Why? This is One Man's Opinion. I'm out. See you next time. Good luck in week two. Two-two.